You're listening to Season 2 of NFT 365. Talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365. Here's your host and digital futurist, Brian Fanzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. If we go back in the Wayback Engine, you know, part of the, the beauty that I look at when I look at the lens of early adoption and the lens of, of future technology is the idea of playing the long game. And, and not only playing the long game, you know, when I hear playing the long game or, or you know, most people reference it, it's usually just kind of like this idea they connect it to community. But I think playing the long game is actually a much bigger uh, kind of conversation and topic than just community, right? It's, it comes into every aspect from you know, how we b build trust, how we even leverage the technology, how we prepare for future technology and innovation. And I think a lot of that is often overlooked. And I think in this space, more so than any space I've ever kind of been an early adopter in, you know, a lot of that was driven by short-term returns, pretty much the most, uh, you know, I, I say this every episode, it seems recently, but, you know, the most impatient uh, kind of customer audience base we've ever had as far as, you know, NFT owners wanting things, you know, yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's kind of partially both the, you know, NFT projects fault for, you know, delivering or, or putting out roadmaps that had, you know, dates that could never ever be matched, even if they had more budget than they could ever imagine. But then also, you know, this, you know, kind of expectation of 10x, 100x. And and so one of the things I think we're, we're definitely seeing through this, you know, current market is what does all that mean? Like how, how can we create not only sustainability in our ability to innovate and our ability to keep our audience engaged, but like what does it mean to truly grow? And I'm excited. Uh, one of my friends uh, on the podcast this time, and and uh, Jeff, super excited to have you on the show. You know, I've you know you and I have talked uh, kind of like the origin of this, and I got to see kind of initially what you were doing early on, and I remember kind of feeling like, wow, this is. This is kind of like that truly, um, I would say methodical, but that sounds might be if it was like a, uh, you know, you were very, you know, kind of strategic in, you know, in, in a way in the jab, 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 right hook method of, you know, of giving and, and, and kind of setting up a lot of the foundation. And I'm so excited to jump into that because what you've done with Jump, what you've done from, you know, email newsletter, from Dow, from, you know, tech to, you know, even NFT rollout, I think is very unique in this space. And I think for our audience, um, there hasn't been a lot of unique, you know, there's some successful projects, uh, you know, delivery, but not enough unique ones in ways that you've kind of delivered. So excited to have you on the show. Uh, let the audience know a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, first off, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, background marketing agency world. Uh, worked at a big agency for about 12 years. The clients that people probably know would be Chick-fil-A, Dr. Pepper, GameStop, um, so a lot of fun brands and really my background was digital strategy, innovation. Uh, I saw the whole web two thing like yourself and, and maybe even um, many people listening to this. And so when web three came along, you know, it, it was, it felt like a, a new adventure to kind of go on, but that was, uh, that's my background about 12 years of, of web two digital strategy agency life. So I'm curious before we get into kind of where jump came out, was there a, like, what was the, you know, I feel like on average, you know, when, you know, for guests, you know, it was pretty much either, you know, Top Shots, uh, you know, V Friends, or, you know, some version of a, you know, a either a branded NFT that brought people in. Curious for yours, like, what was your initial, like, NFT that attracted you in or kind of gave you that aha moment? It was very different for me. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, not, like, not, not normal. Okay, so if we go back to March 2020, when, when, the COVID lockdown hit, yes, yes. right? Uh, NFTs and this other term, social tokens, were not on my radar at all. Um, however, um, crypto, blockchain, I was a big fan of Pomp and a big fan of Bankless. And it was something that when I wanted to escape from my sort of corporate life and I wanted to just look into this different world and check stuff out, um, that just felt innovative and, and new. 
I would listen to crypto stuff. So, so I was following crypto very closely, but NFTs and social tokens and this whole cultural art side community aspect was not on my radar at all. I was actually March, 2020, I was about to open a bar that was attached to a denim store that were both a side project that I ran. Uh, it started as a hobby, turned into a real physical retail location. We leased the space next to us. We had permits. We had designs. We were connecting a bar to a denim store. Uh, and, and then I was running my P&L at, at the agency that I was at. So COVID hit. I, literally all my clients started stopped advertising. The bar, uh, we couldn't break ground. We couldn't sort of get in there and build it out. The denim shop closed and back half of March, I'm sitting there with absolutely nothing to do. Um, at that point, I go down a massively deep rabbit hole. Um, I actually go to A16Z's uh, website. Are you familiar with them? Oh, yeah. yeah they, they were the backers behind Rally. So they had, I'm very familiar with A16Z. Yeah, for now $4 billion fund specific to, to Web3. So... I really was just, I went to their website, looked in the footer, and I found every a link to every single investment they'd ever made. And I was just going down a, what can I find that's just going to blow my mind that's super innovated? Because I literally had nothing to do. Wow. Um, so somehow I find this link. It leads me to a website. And I don't really know what the, the, the daisy chain of links there were, but I come across the term social token. And that just like lit my brain, uh, like all the sensors went off because I'd been following crypto and all this for a long time, but I hadn't heard of this like social token side. Um, and so naturally um, I had access to some social listening software and I started scraping Twitter for the term social token. Then I found this other term that you, if you're familiar with uh, social listening tools, you can basically just scrape Twitter, find word clusters, find who's talking about uh, terms, uh, who's connected to who. You can really get a map of the of what's going on on Twitter. So I did that with the term social token, and I found that the term NFT was closely associated with it, like in these uh. like word cluster word clouds, right? Um, but social token made sense to me. NFT. I was like, what is that? And so then I Google it and it's non-fungible token. I'm like, I still don't understand what that means. Right. Uh, and as I'm looking into social token uh, or that term, there's 14 people a month using this term on Twitter. And uh, the term NFT was like 100 or 200 a month on Twitter. So when I came across it, it wasn't in this hype bubble. It wasn't being talked about. And so it was kind of a nice moment because I was able to just kind of look at it for what it was and what it could do uh, because there was no hype around it. But that, that was how I discovered it. And then I started interacting with the people who were talking about those terms. Luckily, it was some of the earliest builders um, in, in the space. So it was a fortunate time to be able to get to know people. No, I love that. And I will say, um, I, I can probably, you know, believe that, you know, our, our podcast, you know, this audience uh, probably knows, you know, social tokens, creator coins, probably better than just about any other NFT yeah. uh, audience, because we had, uh, you know, ADHD coin up until, uh, until recently, which I, I'm curious that from that side, because I remember, you know, when you were, uh, yeah. were launching with Jump, and I, you know, I, I mean, I did, you know, I, I there was two different you know, I guess three different brands that kind of came at me from the, the brand token play. Um, I not having a financial background, you know, was, you know, did my own due diligence on, you know, mainnet coins and, and some of the you know tokens that were, you know, kind of ERC 20. And, uh, and then I was like, you know, like that, that seems like a scary world for me. Um, and, but I, I, I like you, I, the token concept, the social token creator coins, that's where I jumped in, right? We launched yep. uh, March, March 14th of 2021 uh, with the ADHD coin. And I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. And then kind of connecting the picture to the token, also understanding, you know, the difference between, you know, a, a mass supply and some of those changes. Uh, I'm curious, you know, like, so th that kind of like being the entry, 
when you started to kind of look at like what you wanted to kind of grow in this space or build in this space, you know, I know you being a marketer also being, you know, kind of like, you know, a connector of marketers seemed to be like a, a, a really interesting, you know, play because I think, I think that was one I didn't really see coming from a lot of places, but talk to me a little bit about how kind of that all kind of came to life, you know, with, you know, that kind of from social token into kind of that initial born on, you know, with jump. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and social tokens and creator coins, had so much more momentum and people believed in those more than NFTs. And then there was actually this flip, which was pretty yeah. crazy. But so when I, when I discovered those terms and started connecting with those people, I spent several months just deeply in this sort of research and learning process. And then I thought, I have to just go talk to people about this. I have to share with my network sort of what I'm seeing here. So in sort of classic digital strategist style, I put together a trends presentation, map out the landscape. I'm like, this is happening. This is happening. There are no brands in the space, but we're talking a lot about community and artists and creators. And we can see how that could ladder up and maybe be relevant to these Fortune 1000 brands. Um, so I put together that presentation and I just started, uh, and again, this is COVID where we're sit, everybody's sitting at home, nothing to do, um, doing the little work that we could, could yeah. get, you know, and I start, uh, dropping on the calendar of just the smartest people in my network. And the whole premise of the meeting was I'm going to present to you and you're just going to sit back and let me know what you think. And so I show them this trends presentation on DAOs. Uh, Web3, NFTs, social tokens, and start to connect a lot of these dots. In this presentation, I actually talked about how Audius, a music streaming platform, would have a partnership with TikTok. And oh, interesting. Two, two years later, that actually happened. I, I'm like, I don't know how I did that, but I mean, I was just speculating. I was just like, this is how it could fit together. This is what it could mean. Um, and as I shared that with people, this is everyone from um, the, the CEO founder of a billion dollar company to super cool junior creative strategists. It, right. It's just like the whole spectrum of smart people and as many different disciplines, because I just wanted to see if I could hone in on where is this information? Is it seeking into my world? Because I could see it all on Twitter and right. everybody on Twitter Luckily, I had a tool that could scrape Twitter like that. Everybody on Twitter was not like my background who was talking about this stuff. Um, so after I did that, the response was the exact same. Jeff, this is super cool. I had no idea where to start over and over and over and over and over. So that naturally leads to I'm sitting here. You know, We're going through the entrepreneurial sort of research phase, if you will, right? Yep. And it's, should I start an agency around this, a consultancy around this, a brand that leverages this? You, you kind of just go through all the, all, all those questions. And I, I, I also have sort of the, um, uh, I, I have a starting point where, you know, I, any idea that I come up with has to be, it, it has to make sense for my personal background. Right. I can't if I have a great, brilliant idea, but it doesn't map into my background somehow, then I'm I just this might be the wrong or some, uh, way to think about things. But it's worked for me generally. Then I say, no, that's probably for someone else. It's, it's not for me to go pursue. So in this case, it was very easy. People with my background have no idea what this stuff is. We need a way to jump into it. So that's where the term jump came from. Nice. And we need a community to play with these tools and we're going to learn because it's so early, we're just going to learn together using these tools. And then when it's right for brands or early adopters, and then eventually mass, we will have learned a lot. And the reason we need to get hands-on with this stuff is because it would be like, how do you learn a computer reading about it in the newspaper? Not possible, right? right. You have to get hands-on. And so Fortunately, there's a group of uh, 30 people. That's how the community started. Hopped on a Zoom phone, phone call. There's a small group of people that continued to grow over time that just believed in really two things. Um, this is going to be important. 
in the future for work if you're in the marketing and advertising world. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And then two, the only way to learn is to get hands-on and to be a part of a community. And that will accelerate your understanding and skill set and everything from there there on. So that that was kind of the premise. And that probably that whole process from learning to that first uh, Zoom call was about 13 months. So that was 2020 wow. March, uh, 2020 COVID shutdown to right when Board Apes launched a year later. And that that sort of explosion, I, I, I mean, I've never seen something move so fast. Yeah. That, that was part of my what I feel fortunate being able to be there before it took off. Yep. And at the time I'm thinking this will probably be huge in five years. Yep. And then eight months later, Visa buys a crypto punk and <laughs> board apes take over. And I'm just like, no, I could have never predicted that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and I, I mean, I, that commitment to like that research and like understanding, I mean, that's, you know, beyond impressive. We, we kind of both launched into this like around that same month, uh, except I was like pretty much three months worth of, uh, of kind of research into the, you know, the creator coin side of it was really, you know, I was approached actually through Clubhouse, right? I was doing, uh, you know, Clubhouse okay. rooms and it was like, hey, do you want to gate these Clubhouse rooms? And I was like, well, no, I have a, you know, a Patreon model and I have these, you know, masterminds that I have and then that kind of the, the creator coin side. But, you know, like that, you know, that world, right. When that, that spring, you know, we, you know, we had board ape, we had V friends, we had, you know, kind of the, the top shop emergence. And then of course, you know, it led through the summer of, you know, eventually the, you know, every project that, you know, known to known to everyone kind of started to drop. I'm curious, like from that, like, you know, that you're that 13 month, you started with that, like 30, you know, that small group of people, the, I mean, I think that is so, I mean, definitely the unique piece, right. Because, you know, this space was, how do I get 10,000 strangers to claim that we can somehow get them all to agree and like the same thing and be aligned, which we've all seen the results of that, like false assumption that we could do that. But like that, like was kind of driving force. I'm guessing I'm just based on, you know, knowing you and also like that story of like, you know, your commitment to kind of staying true to yourself, staying true to like kind of that, that initial mission. Uh, how hard was that for you to kind of continue to, to kind of, keep that as a focus or is that just kind of in your DNA to be someone that's like, Hey, that's what I, that's what I believe in. That's what we're building. And we're not going to, you know, chase the shiny object or all of a sudden, you know, flip the timeline faster than we probably should. Well, there's a two, two elements to this um, that are really, really important. Um, one, this community was built around my professional background and my reputation and right. that's, and, and it was started before the hype ever, 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 ever even crept in. So the hype train wasn't even on my mind to begin with. And then two, I wanted this to be a 30 year project. I started it with that intention with what the, the way I thought about it was this is like 1992, 93 of the internet. And we're about to go on a 30 year run of building an opportunity. And we're not going to have to worry about um, missing an opportunity. We need to just build really strong community, really, really uh, excellent theses and ideas, and then just go execute. Um, and then two, there was plenty of projects to be super degen in and participate in speculation and have that fun. There's no reason I have to be the one building one of those. Like, it's just so, it's actually very easy. So, you know, I'm wearing a Moonbirds hat totally, you know, when I bought a proof pass though, to, to start, I mean, I've been following Kevin Rose for a long time, so I was going to buy one no matter what, but then, you know, there's this huge rollout of, of, of Moonbirds and all of that, um, squiggles, uh, this NFT project, this NFT project. So there was just plenty of, uh, of that wild party to participate in. What was hard to find was a place that was really thinking deeply about sustainability as it related to these communities. And when you look at a lot of these models, I think part of some people's challenge with this space, especially people who got sucked into projects, believing in uh, teams, is that if you've ever run a PL, you know what sustainability looks like in a business very deeply. Yeah. Um, 
And so I had that experience. The PL I ran was a $30 million PL. I, I know what a business looks like. Uh, I started a denim shop that was funding a bar. Like I, and when I would look at these models, I was like, yeah, this isn't whatever that is. There's like nothing there. It's just complete smoke and mirrors. And then, Oh, by the way, if you've ever built something, you absolutely know how incredibly hard it is to build something. And so you can just look at anything and say, and it's not to knock on people who want to create something and have unbelievable roadmaps, but the reality is 99.9%. Uh, you know, I think that's like 90% of small businesses fail within three years. But if we're talking about this space and how unsure it is and how the easy acts, it just, all this is like 99% is just going to just be a total crapshoot. Um, but the participation was so was fun. And there was a lot to learn by going through. Like, I wouldn't have ever learned how to mint um, or, or how to connect into discord. If I was not, if I didn't just say, ah, screw it. I don't care if this thing goes to zero, it's going to go to zero, but I want to learn and I, I need to get hands on. Um, and then, okay, cool. I learned the, the technical side. I learned how to sort of do X's and O's. Um, but then over here, I'm going to try to apply like real sound business uh, philosophy and, and strategies and, and then try to use those tools to build something. And what I think is so special is the ability to build like this is a true way to build a business on the internet because before we had like media went online and we kind of have commerce kind of go online in a way, just the, like the sliver of it though, right? Just the ability to kind of transact, but it's still, everything else is still offline. And so the, the, the actual business element of a lot of stuff is hindered by the fact that it's not inherently baked into the internet itself. Uh, but when you look at crypto and blockchain and NFTs, that whole business kind of infrastructure from the money and how it flows and the sale of things and how assets are hold, held, it's like, oh, that truly does get baked into the internet. Uh, but that doesn't remove the need to run you know, to create more value than, than you spend and to actually run a profitable business. Which I think, you know, there was, there was like a time, I think in that middle of that, like run, right. And even, you know, we could say early 2022, where I think a lot of that was just like, you almost threw a lot of that out the window because it just seemed like all these success stories were happening. Right. And these projects that yeah. were, you know, you know, and they were called projects for a reason. I think many of us like wanted to call them businesses uh, because we wanted yep. to believe they were businesses, but they were referred to as projects. And, and I think, you know, uh, you know, as a bigger piece of this, right. Like, you know, and, and a lot of people, I mean, I mean, I just saw, you know, today and I was, you know, you know, tr trying to help out a founder uh, who was a big name founder in this space. And, you know, they, they struggle with the balance between oversharing and transparency, right. And understanding like there's a difference between, you know, dumping everything on everybody and kind of, you know, jeopardizing your trust versus being transparent and open communication. And, and for me, like that, you know, is years uh, of, you know, business practice and, and building, a, you know, a personal brand, you know, and, and for others, like all of a sudden they're running a, you know, a $15 million a year project. They've never been in that, you know, role before. They've never been a leadership before role, role before. Um, yep. So I, I love that you kind of painted that picture. And I think it's so, you know, important. I think for everyone that's listening now too, like these are the fundamentals that can be built right now that are mm -hmm. going to be able to prepare, bring us to the future where we're at now, because, you know, from a content, you know, machine, you know, I, I really enjoy uh, your newsletter. It's one of the more uh, I would say elaborate, but also very well kind of crafted uh, newsletters that, you know, I get in uh, into my inbox and I don't brag about email newsletters very often because I'm like the, I, I always say I hate email <laughs> to, to the nth degree, but I, I really enjoy the way that you can bring that. Yeah. <laughs> there's two of us there. So talk to us a little bit now, like what is from, from then to now, and then we'll kind of connect some of these dots of kind of where, you know, kind of how all these things came to life. Yeah. I, I despise email as well, except for my favorite newsletters. That's like the only thing I have a few of my favorite newsletters and that's literally all I use email for. Um, but, you know, so the way the community started was a group of like-minded people. So whenever uh, the way I thought about the space was I didn't think about it roadmap. 
a lot of it was, I was just, I, I was just, I don't know what the roadmap is. I'm going to be honest with everybody. This is, I don't know. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to bring like-minded people together. Um, and in a lot of ways, that's still how we talk about it. That's how we market ourselves is like that first sort of thing that you will read on a, a lot of various touch points is it's who we're for, not what we're going to do. And that's really important because that's not to say that the what we want to do people out there, the people who are attracted to that are not are necessarily um, like that, that they're not valuable, but they're just not appropriate. They're not your best early community community members, if in fact you don't really know. Now, if you know what you want to do and you can really execute and you have some ideas, by all means do it. But it's totally okay to say, I don't really know what the future is for this, but I do know who we're for. Um, and so when we would talk about Jump, it's, it's a Web3 community for marketing and advertising professionals. That's it a web three community for marketing and advertising professionals. And what do we do? Well, we learn about web three. And so one of the things that, that happened for us is we had a newsfeed channel and that became a place where really I was the only one sharing in that channel. And then fast forward, maybe six months, 12 months, um, I will go find something that I think is cool and I'll go to share it in discord and someone else has already shared it. They've beat me to it. Now it's like this competitive thing where only once in a while will I come across something before uh, some other community members share it. And we've got a few power community members that I don't know how they do it. They're using some AI tools and scraping just RSS feeds that they've created. And it's just wizardry. And they really help us stay up to date. Um, and so our news feed is actually the first place I look for news. Then I'll maybe go on Twitter. Then maybe I'll, I'll read some newsletters, but I'm always keeping up with our news feed first. Um, and then really just to the newsletter was born out of this natural need to say, Hey, discord is tough. Uh, it's, it's tough to just keep up, uh, with a bunch of discords. Uh, but newsletters are still, if they're good, still really useful and really handy. And the production value of them doesn't have to be uh, a super heavy lift, like a single person can do it. And so we just kind of like, what's kind of just the easiest thing to do? And so the newsletter was born. Um, and that newsletter continues to be 50 to 60% open rate almost every single day. And it's the way to say, hey, here's what's going on in the community from like, an industry perspective, but then also here are the updates about the community. So we were just in ETH Denver uh, over the weekend, largest Ethereum conference in the world. It was absolutely fantastic. We hosted a junk coffee meetup. We had 75 people just stroll through. It's an 8.30 a.m. meetup, so pretty <laughs> crazy yeah. that, that we were able to get a crew together at that time. Um, so we talk about, it, it's, it's not just news about sort of the industry, it's news about our community. That's a, a bit of uh, what's baked in there too. So that led to the creation of jumpnews.xyz. When I would, if you look at jumpnews.xyz right now, it, think of it as a very, it's, it's sort of like a public alpha, right? You can see the bones, you can see it, but it's not going to be the, you know, you're not going to go there and be like, oh man, there's this story, this story, this story, this story. We try to post to it, honestly, you know, three to five times a week. Um, but we're building, right? And we're building together. Um, and I think it's going to be a pretty meaningful um, news property at one point. But this, the, the difference here is it's not just meant to be news about the industry. It's meant to be news about our community. Um, if you kind of dig into it, I'm really one of the only few people that sees who is in our community. Um, but it's incredible. We've got half the fortune 1000 have somebody in the community. Every major agency has someone in the community. Um, and then if you name a startup in the web three space or a blockchain, um, you know, we've got several people from some of the top startups and blockchains and other DAOs in the community. And really that's because, Hey, marketing in this space is hard. 
it's really great to connect with other people that are, are, are kind of dealing with the same challenges that you are. Um, and we get to play on these tools, play with these tools, but really the best part is yeah, we get to meet up IRL at conferences and that's just super fun too. So as we continue to build out jump news, now we start, and this took a while, this didn't happen. This was not a vision from day one. Um, but you can see how it, news was there in the beginning and then it kind of evolved and, and, and became a bigger thing, but that news platform, you can start to say, Hey, we actually might be able to create a sustainable business here. We do sell an NFT to gain access to our discord. Um, and then that comes with a whole bunch of benefits inside of discord, but that's not a recurring revenue stream. That's just a one-time payment. Um, but for me, I don't think that it needs to be a recurring revenue stream just to be in discord. Like, why should it? I think that can be, that can be free forever. Um, and there are plenty of things that we can go off and build and do, um, that can create that sustainable revenue stream so that the community, uh, so that that core community aspect doesn't have to be the monetization engine. Um, and then it can just live and breathe on its own. And we can just continue to come together, have a ton of fun and just kind of see what happens from there. So, I mean, I, I mean, from a standpoint of, you know, like the membership model, you know, we, we know like kind of the month over month membership model, especially of, of the web two world that you know many of us were part of. We also know like kind of the, the traditional association model, right? National speaker association, one that comes to mind. Right. And I think, you know, it's such an interesting like version of a lot of these, right? For either you're paying a one yearly fee, you're paying a monthly fee. Um, of course, we know with like gated access and kind of like tokenization that is kind of thrown around here, but you're kind of taking definitely a, you know, a different approach. I'm curious from like that you know, sustainable business side of this, right? For a business model, you know, membership model, like we know like, you know, proof, Many can say that they came out and said that it was a three-year pass, uh, or if you had, if you read the fine print, right? I think you uh, you definitely yeah. knew that there was a a time limit on on that. But yeah, what's your take on like you know like because I, I think it could be assumed like you know every membership model in Web three is trying to build the same, but you're definitely taking a a different approach to like kind of sustainable business with a membership kind of model included in that. Is that is, would that be fair to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a good way to look at it is a a city. Um, you have, and, and I think what a lot of uh, builders made them this mistake, and then a narrative got created, and then a behavior formed, and this uh, bear market is just washing all of that out, making everybody change their behavior, which is good. Right. Um, but it's sort of something I feel like I anticipated because we could have done the DGen Met. Um, and we didn't, um, because we, we didn't get started after all of this. We were there, we saw it and I was like, uh -uh, no, we're not going to do that. Um, but the way to think about it is if you own your house, if you're fortunate enough to own your house, like let's, let's make that yep. assumption, right. You're not renting, but if you own your house, you own your place in your neighborhood. Right. Right. But you don't own your place in some country club down the street or some community center, right? There's a fee for that, right? So when we think about community, especially the internet community, uh, web three, not, not web two, right. uh, again, this is the other sort of in web two, we were locked in, we couldn't move around. So we had to stay in one place. So it, 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 it it almost like web two trained us, the builders and the community members to think that there's just one place that a community lives. Right. Right. So really what it is, is you need to create that ownership layer because people do bet like humans are better when you own your place in some sort of network, whether that's a neighborhood or on a blockchain rail. So you have to figure out what that ownership component is. And then from there, there can be other free community places like a park, right? Like whatever you can imagine, like a museum, yep. whatever you can imagine. And maybe there are more opportunities that in, that in the digital world than in the free, than in our physical world. So you can own your place, right? Your NFT, your house. And then you can go to these places, these community spaces that are free to go to, 
But then there are going to be other places that um, have some sort of monthly fee to be a part of, or maybe there's a one-time transaction fee. Um, and But that's totally optional, right? Like these are based off of your interests and how deep that you want to go. So that's what, and, and I just don't think that the builders in this space uh, and really the technology wasn't there. So if you wanted to right. provide that sustainable, that what we're talking about here is a s- sustainable ecosystem and none of the tools, none of that's available, right? To, to really build that out. So if you're going to build that out, it's going to take like three to five years. So how do you, how do you actually do that? And then also, you know, how do you say no, if you can get a group of people to just degen in and you're sitting there with a million or more, right? Like, right. you know, so a lot of people just jump on that early, but that's how I, that's how I think about it. And so projects now, it, you can't just kind of go into this sort of one-time purchase um, recurring revenue. You can't just pendulum back to that because then I do think that you lose what is beautiful about this ownership component. Right. And so I just think that you, that we just have, and I, I like that example of the neighborhood and how you own your house, but you don't own your membership at the local community members where you can work out. Right. Because the gear there takes, you know, maintenance, people have to wash the towels and all that stuff. I, I like that. I mean, from a, you know, from a visualization, that's, it makes it easy as well. Uh, I also like, you know, I, I think, when you think about like umbrella, you know, an umbrella kind of like community as a whole, right? Where you'd have the different opportunities to be under different aspects as long, you know, we're all under one umbrella and then you can kind of pick and choose those different, you know, lanes or, you know, you know, silos or that, you know, that, that exist. You know, I'm curious, you know, you know, I think one of the first things that, that we had had a conversation, I know Jason Keith, uh, who is an active member uh, in that community of yours, uh, was on the podcast. He's a good friend of mine uh, as well. You know, I know he actually came on the podcast it was probably almost mm-hmm. a year ago to talk about DAOs and like the DAO component. So how did, how did you look at, you know, cause I think when you think about that as an example, there are different, you know, you have the, you know, the NFT token, you have the social tokens uh, you have, of course, you know, a metaverse play, you have a, you know, there's a lot of different plays that, you know, you can kind of play into, of course, you know, DAOs being also one of, although, you know, I think many people would struggle to find many DAOs off the top of their head that would actually be operating as a DAO. We actually just featured the Lynx DAO on the podcast the other day. And, you know, I think it's really interesting what they're doing. But how did, how did you kind of look at that and kind of like, you know, kind of falling into what you, you were already kind of establishing? I, I love just the term DAO as sort of an aspirational um, thing. Uh, it's definitely doesn't, da- you know, all decentralization, everything autonomous um, doesn't necessarily lead to a a great outcome. I think the more and more that anybody has experience in operating a business, they understand that the more decentralized and autonomous something is, is probably not going to create a very good business. Uh, But where decentralization and autonomy are really, really good is in government. So things that the government should do should probably be more decentralized and autonomous and things that businesses do should be a bit more uh, structured and uh, centralized in certain aspects. That doesn't mean that, you know, businesses can have very flat hierarchy. Um, And so when you think of a DAO, it's really important to say, is this DAO more in the world of uh, maybe what, uh, a government entity would do in the digital sphere, or is this DAO more like what maybe a business would do? And then in that sense, you're just trying to create, you know, a a, a space where, you know, there's transparency, there's opportunity, um, but the need to have uh, teams, smart teams, uh, tight knit groups of people working on stuff uh, is, is very important because when you try to build through consensus, you just get anybody really (laughs) knows who you don't like, just think to the college project, right? Right. You you get on your college project and that's where you learn for the first time, um, (laughs) that that there's some people that just don't do anything and that doesn't help move the ball forward. And then the one time you get on a project where there's five people and they're all pitching in like crazy, you do something cool and you learn that in college. And then eventually you really, really learn that in the workforce. So when I think of DAOs, I also like to think of 
maybe use a different term, especially if we're talking a little bit more uh, business than we are talking about like a city right. structure um, is digital co-ops and co-ops are, are interesting because uh, from a legal perspective, um, they're one of the most interesting ways to provide uh, protection um, uh, around all the security concerns that might be associated with fungible or non-fungible tokens. Um, and there's real liability use case or uh, concerns for both the members and the operators. You know, it's not just the operators that have to think about liability. It's the members too, if you're really building something. Right. Um, and so, you know, in, in that sense, I think the concept of DAOs are, it's really the true most exciting thing out of all of this. I think DAOs are more exciting than NFTs and social tokens. And, you know, what we're talking about here with DAOs and the in-state um, is really just powered by Web3 blockchain right. NFTs and all this stuff. Um, what we're talking about is human coordination at internet scale and speed. Mm. That just that, I'll say it again, yeah. human coordination at internet scale and speed. And when I say coordination, coordination, usually value transfer and value accrual help in uh, right. coordination, right? Because when you look at um, the web two space, we, you know, we, we, we see, you know, it's just really hard to get a, a, a group of people to do something that's productive you can get a big group of people to do unproductive things in web two thank you <laughs> very hard to get a big group of people to do productive things especially productive things that go from the internet to the real world and so when i think about DAOs and uh, or just this whole space the most exciting thing i think 10 years from now are these global organizations that are able to coordinate themselves um, and distribute value, just pay people a salary for doing a job um, and to be able to just coordinate and execute that in, in a way that's not possible um, if, you're, if you're not using Web3 tech. I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll say one more thing and then pause, but you know, when I was running a denim store, we focused on the denim that was not in the U.S., and just buying denim from another country is a huge pain in the ass. And when I, you know, wire transfers, I can, I have no idea if this is making to the right bank. There's no one to call. None of this stuff lines up. I'm just going to send $35 for, you know, and then I come over here into the, to the web three space. And now someone's in another country. Boop, just send them some USDC, super easy, actually, cheaper than doing a wire transfer yeah which is also like that removing of that you know those borders and that limitations i think is such a you know still understated you know component here i i yeah. love that you use the word coordination right because i think you know, like you know if i look at like the three c's of a like, content community and 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 conversation right there's like that like piece of it but the coordination element you know you know i think a lot of people assume that collaboration happens within community which, but which we know uh is not always a byproduct uh, and as you said like and and you know productive one and things that are led to you know actually accomplish uh or solve problems i think that's coordinate i haven't heard you know others kind of kind of wrap that there i like i really like how you kind of you know put that into a model i will say you know um we have a couple minutes left with you I i'm curious from a you know from a you know from someone on the outside asking you know if, if you're thinking about it from a Okay, well, what what is keeping the the engine and the bills paid and the and the the things moving? Um, you know, if there's you know individual ownership, there are you know kind of you know pay to play. Is this more of like a you know everyone's kind of like being able to own or decide how they're they're managing? How do you look at like I guess that scale in like this model as you know because I think scale to me is 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 where almost every Web two you know online community or organization or group uh, you know struggled the most and then eventually failed you know from a standpoint of of scaling, how do you kind of look at that? And I guess that kind of ties into sustainability as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what Web three enables, but paired with Web two, um, and I think that's what our sort of our generation of builders in this space uh, understand deeply. We're not just here ready to just just throw out some of the benefits that we have with Web two. Web two is sort of that scale layer, layer, and then Web three. 
allows um, for sort of your super fans to, to participate in a way. And so one of the things that I think um, uh, all builders in the space, yourself included, myself included, should lean into is this idea of patronage um, and offering ways for those who enjoy what you do to contribute in a really sort of low cost way. Um, but they can contribute sort of as many times as, as they want. That really was difficult to do uh, with Web3 sort of, uh, sorry, Web2 whales, rails. Um, right. And then the other thing that Web3 allows for is for that patronage to be visible to the public. It allows that patronage, those people who, who demonstrate that patronage to come together um, couldn't do that with Web2, right? And so what I think we're going to start to see if if in the DGEN era, we saw NFTs at, you know, priced at thousands and thousands of dollars for mints and then skyrocket to insane values. What I think we're going to see from projects that are much more sustainable is very, very low mint prices um, so that people can sort of show uh, the creator or the business or the band or the artist, whatever it is that they enjoy what they're doing. And then there's a way for those people to, to come together. So we actually ran a test of, on this on Jump News. This is not just theory. Nice. Yeah. Um, we, we, it's on our homepage right now. So if you're listen, listening to this uh, soon, uh, you'll see it. But we have something that we built in Sorry, I just, I need some water. Where is that? Um, all right, I think I can make it here. Um, we built what we're calling in-article tokens. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an actual mentor that we built ourselves uh, into the article. And uh, we built a way to pay with credit card or with ETH. Um, I will say nobody should be buying stuff with ETH. Buy it with your credit card. Obviously, you know, pay off your credit card and all that good stuff. Um, you get points and you don't have to deal with crypto taxes, right? Sure. Uh, so sell it in ETH maybe if it increases in value, but buy it with your damn credit card. Um, so what we did is we built this tool. We ran a little test and we had an NFT basically to say, hey, this NFT is celebrating the fact that we have come together. We've been building all this cool stuff. We have built this tool and here's an NFT to represent this moment in time and the launch of this tool. And that's all it is. Um, nice. And we sold it for $15. So it wasn't super cheap, um, right. but it was $15. So it's not something you had to like really think too hard about. And the message to the community uh, was, if you like what we're doing, if you found value in this newsletter, if you found value in the community itself, um, and you want to support us, uh, this is a way to do it, right? And I think that we're going to see that more because you really haven't had a way to do that in the internet world. The second part to this, which is coming out soon, is we're going to have member profiles on Jump News. Mm -hmm. uh, and these member profiles will aggregate everybody's NFTs that they own in our collection, right? You go to OpenSea, right. you see all your NFTs. You come to Jump News, boom, 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 your member profile, you see just your NFTs. And you can see the other people's NFTs within, uh, within Jump News. And so what we're about to see here and what we're about to demonstrate, which doesn't exist anywhere, is we're going to say, hey, we're going to make these fun, cool little collectibles at a, in a low cost way. And if you enjoy what we're doing, you can just become a collector and a patron and you can show that, right? And you can co co connect with the other people who are really passionate. And the reality is most people are not going to collect the things <laughs> that, that we create. And there's going to be a lot of people that do collect or there's going to be a smaller subset that do. Uh, but those are a very special, special group of people. And if you're successful in whatever you do, you know, you have that relationship and you have that, uh, that record. And we've talked about that um, in sort of the DGEN era, but nobody built product that made sense for that 
idea, right? Because everything right. was built around super high price points and speculation, not, hey, here's something for a dollar, right? Like, and connect with the hundred other people on the internet that like, you know, whatever's being done who collected this thing for a dollar. And that is actually really freaking cool when yeah. you are, when you're in this sort of one-way communication and you know that there's potentially thousands of other people that are appreciating whatever this thing is. And for $1, you can connect, you can sort of discover and find the 99 other people, or maybe just 15 other people that are like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that for $1. And that actual value there, that connection is worth way more than $1. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and you're, you're shrinking that. Yeah. You know, and you're, you're identifying super fans and identifying, you know, and they're able to identify amongst themselves. And I think that's probably, as you're saying that, I think that's probably the model that's been probably both broken amongst, you know, like I actually minted like Coindesk has, you can mint one of their articles and there's an article that like blew my mind, right? The, the in-depth of the research. I was like, oh, I'll mint that as like a, you know, but there is, I, I didn't have visibility into who else also found that exactly. valuable. And I sure as hell would have valued that because it was a very geeky protocol level, you know, deep dive. And, you know, me finding yeah. others that are like that would be amazing. So like me minting it was like my way of saying thank you, but I was lacking that, that you connection. Lack, piece, which is you what you're you lacked what, what that, what Web3 actually allows us to do which is yep. co connect with other super fans. Um, so I think that's the next, what's going to happen here soon. And we've, we've got the rails to do it. And we're about three or four months from like actually turning on the engine for that. Pretty cool. I, I mean, I love this. I think the idea connection, I love where you're going. Um, I will say like, I mean, lots of respect on not only the methodical building, the, the having a very, you know, direct plan. Uh, I will also say for, you know, I, I have a lot of friends that are in, uh, in that, you know, your community and it's literally nothing but singing praises. Uh, and you know, like you can always tell, right. The, the, the fruits of what people are getting, the connections and also just great people that want to connect me with people. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's a testament of that kind of, uh, of building. So Jeff, thanks so much, uh, for jumping, uh, you know, on the podcast, you know, Enjoy geeking out with you every time uh, we get the chance. Look forward to doing it in person uh, again. I was jealous not to be at uh, at ETH Denver, but I know we'll we'll uh, meet up in person. And you know, for all those that are listening, we'll put the uh, links in the show notes as well. Uh, definitely go check out you know jumpnews.xyz, and, and we'll make sure you guys connect on that realm. Uh, so yeah, Jeff, anything uh, at the end before we uh, we sign off? Only thing is great to connect. Thanks for having me, and uh, we'll I'm sure we'll have many many more conversations. I look forward to it. And uh, as always, my friends, uh, until next time, make it a great day. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. Join our email list to keep up with all things NFT 365. We appreciate you spending a little of your time with us. And as always... 